0: You're listening to the Medic Materials Podcast, hosted by Mike Turek, Emily Yates, Kelsey Coons, and Gerard Cuomo. All our current EMS providers and educators with a combined 30 years experience. Each month, we discuss EMS news, medical science, and review actual EMS calls, bringing many educational opportunities to the listener. Portions of the calls have been altered to protect the privacy and identity of all involved. And welcome, everyone, back to the
1: Medic Materials Podcast. My name is Mike. I'm here with uh, Paramedic Gerard, EMT Emily, and uh, Paramedic Intern Kelsey, as always. And today, we're, we're joined with a very special guest. We, uh, we brought in—no, not, not a very special Sword guest already. <laughs> right. Sort special. of special. Special-ish. Uh, so we're here with Steve. He is the uh, Chief of Operations for the uh, last seven years. Of a uh, countywide wide ALS first response agency here in uh, upstate New York, and and uh, that is for you know the shorter version an ALS fly car system. Um, you can talk louder because I can't hear you at all.
2: Oh, sorry. Is that better?
1: <laughs> That's much better. Okay. Um, like I said, eat it and speak with your chest. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna turn it over to Kelsey's rig check here in a second, but. Um, we're going to have a, a discussion that's actually a listener-led question. I got an email uh, a while back from a listener, uh, Stephen, and um, he was asking us to discuss ALS fly car systems because he is transitioning his service into an ALS fly car. And, and knowing that, Gerard, you, you and I worked in one, um, you know, I felt it was good to bring Stephen in to yeah. give the – operational side of things from an administrator point of view instead of just a, a you oh, know right provider point yeah. of view so uh, we'll go with the uh, Kelsey's rig check and then we'll get started
3: so guys we have officially reached over 840 subscribers on our YouTube page so thank you to everybody who subscribed that is a huge number Um it our, yeah it does I don't understand <laughs> <'Cause> he's good <laughs> Um, But our next goal is going to be to get to 900 subscribers, and then after that, we're going to shoot for 1,000. Go big or go home. Today, we're going to shout out our listeners in Kentucky and Bangladesh and our Patreon listener, Dakota. And if you would like to be like Dakota and get a shout out on the page and get special perks and join our team of VIP providers, we will be releasing our third Patreon podcast soon, so make sure you sign up and become a seasoned provider or a salty medic to give that a listen. And of course, today's episode was sponsored—not sponsored, but brought on by a person who sent us an email. So, if you want to be like that, and you have a cooler, interesting call or discussion that you want to hear us review or talk about on the show, fill out the Survey Monkey
1: below. All right. So, uh, with Steven's permission here, I'm gonna I'm gonna read uh, the email that he sent, just so listeners and you guys have some context on what brought along this conversation. So, uh, first off. Awesome, he says. Loving the show and can relate to the around the table format, which is something that we strive here to to bring because I don't hear it all that often. Uh, and he says. Uh, so loving the show can relate to the around the, the kitchen table format versus the Mr. Big Smart and Stuffy Paragod. I love it. <laughs> um, he says, I currently work in uh, South Carolina and um, he got his EMS start back in Maryland many, many moons ago. Um, he was brought up in the fire EMS system that utilized the chase car concept along with a tiered response. So fly car, chase car, whatever you want to call it. Um he says several counties in Maryland, uh, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey still use this um, and he goes, however, in the county that he's in in South Carolina, they're moving to that system starting um, last month and um, he their county is going to be the only county in the state of South Carolina to do that. Uh, this moves uh, is in response to the growing national personal, Personnel, EMS shortage, especially within the paramedic realm. Uh, I just thought it would be cool for some of your listeners to hear about the fly car, chase car, uh, QRV concept, which yeah, curves, Curves. which are um, what did we say they were? Quick response, quick response vehicles. Thank you. Um, Ruse in Canada, yeah,
4: ruse. I think that one's my favorite. Yeah. What was (laughs) that? Rapid response. What? Rapid response. Yep. Roo. Bro, bro.
1: Broads. 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 So, the roos getting their Tim Hortons. <laughs> um, so I just thought it would be cool for some of your listeners to hear about the fly car chase our you know, QRV concept of providing ALS and tiered responses. Um, I know that talking to friends and past coworkers in Georgia that are, are hurting for staff, they have never heard of the QRV concept uh, except for supervisor-type vehicles. What? Um, their system, they will have 14 uh, ALS QRVs on a 24-72 rotation and 20 BLS transports to start. Um, and it's, again, a brand-new concept for their— you know, their area. So I know, Steve, you did some research into um, their, their system. Um, I know there was a GEMS article on it as well. Uh, Steve kind of alluded that they were, you know, put in GEMS for this new concept down there. So um. I guess where I want to start is you doing the research into what their system is. How is that kind of similar to what you manage now?
2: Um, so it's interesting because what they are doing is they're consolidating a number of, um, providers who it looks like previously segmented the County, um, similar to, you know, a town ambulance service like we have around here, but these look like private providers. Um, so they're consolidating those. There's going to be one transporting agency, and then the County is going to run the paramedic service. Um, and it'll be the URV. Mm. Um, so it looks like it, it's still going to be a separate entity that does the transports. And then the County is going to provide the fly cars. Um, so the similarities to us is that um, we provide fly cars for an entire County. Um, there isn't just one, transporting agency however we have a number of towns that transport um but we provide the paramedic service for the for the whole so where
1: i guess the the history of the county that that you provide was there always a fly car system was it you know a commercial service prior that you know got like booted out or what was the what was the kind of history of how the fly cars came to be
2: so it, um, I don't think that it was always intended to be a fly car system, but that's kind of the way it developed. Um, they had a combination of volunteer ambulance services and contracted private providers. Um, unfortunately, the county is pretty rural, so it's not a lucrative contract for contracted providers. So... Um, my understanding is that more oftentimes than not the contracted provider that was supposed to be in the County wasn't, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) so, (laughs) so it grew out of that, um, lack of availability of paramedics, um, to provide paramedics in a fly car to supplement the, the volunteer system, Mm -hmm. um, You know, unfortunately, volunteerism is what it is, Um, and there is more and more requirements for EMS providers. Uh, It's harder and harder for people to volunteer. You're working multiple jobs, both family members, um, you know. So in, uh, in 2000 is when the uh, service started, the fly car service, um, and it started small. It started with just a couple of towns, and over the course of about three or four years, it grew to encompass the entire county.
1: And how many trucks do you typically run on a daily basis like is it still i know you said the it encompasses the county your county is very large it's not like you said it's very rural there's only you know slight pockets of populated areas how can you like how many trucks does that take to cover
2: so uh the county is a roughly 650 square miles and we cover it with five medics 24 7
0: yeah Sounds like the county I worked in. They covered it with one. Yeah, and, 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 then, <laughs> and you know that was and that was
1: something that I wanted to kind of talk about because you had experiences in a not so great, you know, fly car system where there's one paramedic for six hundred square miles. Same, yeah, you know, and here your yeah. system's covering the same with five.
0: Yeah, I mean there were t- there were days literally where, and I know I've told you the story where. You know, I'm with someone who may or may not have a stroke, and then I'm kind of, like, leaning more towards stroke. And, hey, Delta response in the south part of the county for a diff breather, and I'm like, 45 minutes for me to get from here to there, leave the stroke, go to the diff breather. Right. Shit, I'm I'm here. I'm yeah. here now. I'm taking this patient. Mm-hmm. And uh turned out it was a stroke, but... He stood yeah. right in front of me. Right. <laughs> you can only do <laughs> uh, one at a time, right? right? I can only do one at a time, and it was literally one of those things where you had to learn, you know, what, triage. what you could and couldn't get away with as far as, um, yeah, triage, basically. Uh, you know, radio triage, okay? This is, by the time I get there, it's not, you know, I've got, I've got this patient here, I'm over here. I can't be in two places at once. Who needs me more? And um, it, I know, to be fair, this is great one. I've heard that they've now like put more people on during the day, so it's. I think they're coming up to speed. I think now they even have an ambulance or something. So mm-hmm. um, that was the last thing I heard. But uh, yeah, no. At the time, it was one paramedic in a fly car for the whole, I and mean, they actually used a um, BLS fly car in the south part. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had an EMT in a fly car stationed at uh, volunteer firehouses that uh, would go out, and that's pretty much what you know you would end up having to do is divvy things up and hopefully get some volunteer ambulance down there, use air medical as necessary. Um, there was a paid uh, EMS agency that ran in the north part of the county that you could, if they were around, you could, uh, you could utilize down there. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: Steve, what, what would you say to, um, you know, administrators or County officials or providers that are listening to this going, Hmm, you know, we're in this kind of same boat where we're have all of this coverage maybe we don't have the best, you know, staffing levels or whatever. Um, and we're thinking about doing a fly car system. What are the benefits, you know, to a fly car system?
2: So I think there's a lot of benefits. Um, and I, I've worked in a number of different systems, um, over my career. Um, I've worked in, Tiered BLS ALS ambulance systems, um, hybrid systems where you have an EMT and a paramedic on the same unit, um, and then the fly car system. More recently, um, it really only has been in like the second half of my career or so where I worked in a fly car system. But um, you know, the benefits are were pretty evident immediately, um, and I think from like a logistical perspective, especially, you can do more with less, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, So if you have county X that needs 10 ambulances to sufficiently cover the call volume, it is inefficient to have 10 paramedic ambulances on.
5: Mm
2: -hmm. Paramedics are expensive. Uh, It costs a lot to train them. Uh, Equipment and medications cost a significant amount of money. Uh, Medications obviously are perishable. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't use them, you throw them out. And now, even
1: the production of them, you just can't get production yeah, even right. now. You know, yeah. so there's another
0: compounding factor. And one more thing is, there aren't as many, right? You know, yeah, and that's, that's a big factor. A scarce commodity, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a huge factor. Having, um, you know, paramedics are perishable. Um, there's not a lot of them, and it's, in my opinion, it's wasteful to have a paramedic on every ambulance. Um, You know, when you think about call volumes overall, uh, in general, um, I'm sure you could argue statistically five or ten points one way or the other, but roughly 70% of 911 calls are BLS or can be adequately handled by a BLS provider. Mm -hmm.
4: Um, I actually would have thought that was higher
2: um That's i can tell you i can tell you from from numbers that i've looked at in not just our own agency but numbers outside our agency um not just regionally either uh state right and, and nationwide it's it's right around that 70 30 split <laughs> um some places it's more some places it's less um you know i I've, wish my split was 70
3: there's <laughs> just like 97 3 Yeah,
1: maybe <laughs> I don't think I've bls to call at the flight car
2: yet. <laughs> um, but, right, so paramedics are... Uh, if you could do with four paramedics what you'd otherwise have to do with 10, mm-hmm. um, and it also leaves that resource available for the higher priority calls, right? right. So if, if you get dispatched, um, like in your... Uh, case Gerard. So you get dispatched to that stroke. You get there and it's not a stroke. Um, it's something that can, you know, safely be turned over yeah. to a BLS provider. Now, maybe that ambulance covering that area is not available, but you so still, still are yeah. for that chest pain or that cardiac arrest or that right. major trauma that comes in, you know, 20 minutes later. Right. Um, especially in a rural setting, right? Because in a rural setting, you are looking at two plus hours uh, turnaround time, you know, every and bit in, of it. And in some parts mm-hmm. of our county, you know, you, if we have to go to a trauma center uh, or a STEMI center, it's, you know, you're talking four to five hour turnaround time. Yep. Um, so having the ability to, get that paramedic back in service is, is essential uh, because mm-hmm. now if you're, if you're transporting ambulances gone for four hours, um, if the paramedic is on that ambulance to drive, uh, to, drive to the hospital, <laughs> right. it seems wasteful. Now, I'm sure that if you are a money person and you're a county administrator or something like that and you're looking at the cost of an individual versus equipment, You would probably say, "Well, to have ten paramedics and five fly cars, or ten, or uh, excuse me, ten ambulances and five fly cars, or ten ambulances and four fly cars. Well, you're still paying for those bodies. So Mm -hmm. even though it may be a savings of you know thirty thousand dollars per monitor, and maybe you know ten thousand dollars worth of drugs per vehicle per paramedic vehicle, um, you know the cost of training the paramedic." paying the paramedic, the, uh, the retirement, the health benefits and all that stuff out of an additional person outweighs the having consolidating and putting, putting that person on an ambulance. Mm -hmm. Um, so I understand that argument. Right. Um, but when you look at it as a resource, I don't know that the the slight savings you may have by consolidating a person onto an ambulance and saying okay we're going to have one EMT and one paramedic versus two EMTs in the ambulance and a paramedic in right. a fly mm-hmm. car is is worth whatever savings you'd have. Right. Um because like we said paramedics are a uh, a scarcer commodity mm-hmm. um and again, they cost more to train, they cost more to equip, uh, the CME requirement, uh, you know, continuing education requirement is higher, um, the the skill set is higher, um, and there's burnout, right? You have to worry about burnout, and if you are a person that goes to school for however long, uh, paramedic training courses a year to two years, plus the continuing education and, and everything else that you have to keep up with to be a paramedic, Um, do you really want to drive seven out of 10 times to the hospital? Right. Right. Um, I mean, you
1: were just, you and I were having that discussion the other day, Gerard, in the fact that you worked a 12 hour shift at one of your agencies and you drove every
0: call. Didn't, didn't do a single thing. Didn't do a single thing. So, I I mean,
1: that to you is a waste. You yeah. know, I I like I started my EMS career as an MVO. I was not yeah. CPR certified. I was nothing. I was literally a driver all day. I was paired with an EMT or a paramedic and they did everything. All I did was yeah. drive everywhere. But, I mean, and can, almost that seems more efficient than yeah, almost, wasting uh, a paramedic driving all day.
0: Well, and the thing is the uh, you you're able to do more with that paramedic than if you have them stuck on a rig going, you know, off on a BLS call yeah you don't have uh, you may save a little bit of money you know uh, here personal and there wise. for the personnel wise but what you're getting in return as far as operational capability is i would say 10 times greater because i can i can tell you right now i've had those calls where and I one always pops out in my head when i hear something like that i was on scene for a, uh, a seizure patient 45 minutes i'm in their apartment administering verse said, got the line, got fluids going, she'd come out, she'd go back in, all this stuff. 45 minutes waiting for an ambulance.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Had I been on a rig, they would have had no paramedic to deal with her. Right. right. She would have been on her own for 45 minutes.
3: So, yeah. question. Do you think that...
0: You stated that wrong.
1: It's so I was so going to say I have a question. Yeah, that is wrong. <laughs> I was trying to get in there before somebody else
3: said something. <laughs> Can you dig down that? I should, you get to yeah, that on you
5: that.
3: do. So, I have a question. Do you think that mindset will affect your provider? So like, okay, well, there's only two other ambulances in ser- or two other paramedics in service, so I'm just going to send this BLS.
0: I can tell you, honestly, it, that, that mindset never, I, I never had that mindset. So
4: I'm going to say, you personally. and Kelsey and I are on I, the yeah, other end of this, I, yeah. so we you. are the BLS ambulance. Yeah. And how many times does somebody probably look probably at you and be like, oh, well there's, only, <laughs> well, there's only, well, there's only three medics in yeah. service, so I'm going to let you take this. I'm like, well, you only have four to begin with, so I think our odds are pretty good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, let's go. But, but that's true. Looking at yeah. it from the other perspective, you know, you guys work on the BLS side and deal with the paramedics coming onto your truck. Sometimes and either, it feels
3: like kidnapping, trying to
1: get them to go with you. Right. And, you know, and I think i strategizing. Thank you.
3: It feels like kidnapping. I did say mind. it was oh, yeah. kidnapping.
1: <laughs> I, I think a lot of it comes down to the, you know, culture at the agency, right? Like, you know, individuals will make their own decisions. I mean, Gerard and I rarely BLS things. <laughs> so, you know, for, for me to like, I, it's funny. Every time that I BLS something in the fly car, I cringe for the next hour because I'm like, I they're gonna die, three <laughs> minutes away. They're dead, and
0: it's gonna be the one time that toe pain just travels. Go! No! right, <laughs> and,
1: and I be arrested, and it it totally could have or shouldn't it? Like, and and I second guess myself, but that's that's me as a provider. You know, I I don't know if there are providers out there that would do the oh well, there's you know I'm the last paramedic in the county, you know. You were the only paramedic yeah. in the county. I've been where I am the sole paramedic left in my county, and I'm just like, no, nah, I know how Gerard felt. <laughs> you
0: well, know? I, like, I, what, I've, what I <laughs> did for myself, and, I mean, I think I, I did it without realizing it, is um, I ended up building up a pretty good rapport with all the little volunteer agencies out there, all the people that would show up on scenes, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning of the kindness of their heart, and, um, you know, always treated them with respect, you know, had good rapports with them. And, you know, when I would go to them and it was, you know, let's say an obvious or maybe a borderline BLS call. And I would ask them, you know, would you guys be okay if I let you take this to the hospital? And they knew if they said, no, I'm in no problem. Right. We had a good working relationship. Um, nine times out of ten, they'd say, hey, we just wanted you to come just quick check them out and we're just going to tear off after here. Just We just wanted your opinion. You know, mm-hmm. They just knew that I was on and I could just come and right. it was probably something that they could handle themselves. Um, so I think a lot of that goes to the providers having a relationship with the people that they're going to be working with right. from these other agencies. If you, you know, for I don't know how to speak eloquently, so I'll just say if you're a dick to them, you know, I mean, you're going to, you know... It, Siso. shit in shit true. Out. yeah you know um, but and yeah that was my my experience was uh, um yeah i in fact i just actually asked one of the uh, volunteer fire uh, ministers uh, to officiate my wedding next year so yay you know and this was yeah she just ran into me and she was like oh my god i haven't seen you since you know and i'm just like oh shit <laughs> so so uh, do
1: you kind of feel the same way steve in that it, it's more you know, provider-based or culture-based in the agency. Like if the agency sets down expectations, you know, and you have a good working relationship with the the BLS agencies that you're serving, it's not usually a problem.
2: No. Um, I think it brings up a couple of different factors, right? So number one is culture is obviously a huge thing, right? You have to have expectations for providers and you have to hold providers accountable right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you can set expectations and expect people to meet those expectations but if you don't do anything to hold them accountable then the expectations go out the window right because um, good bad or otherwise everyone is going to get into a position at some point where they say well i guess i could probably let this go mm-hmm. and no one's going to call me on it right um So, yeah, so I think culture is really important and setting and uh, holding people accountable to certain expectations. Um, And I think that can have a domino effect on the BLS providers, too, because. Kelsey and Emily, you guys might be less likely if you're working in an area where you know that the culture is for the paramedics is not a good one. You might be more likely to either not call for a paramedic or. Cancel them before mm-hmm. they arrive on scene. I mean, right? we because all, you just don't want
0: to deal absolutely with it. We all have that
3: paramedic that you're like, "There's no point in me even calling them because all they're going to do is stand here, and I'm going to end up—they're just going to end up walking out of the ambulance anyways." Right.
0: They're show up with their shoelaces untied, and, <laughs> and, and it, don't, get <laughs> don't get me started. Don't so get me started.
2: And obviously, as an administrator, that is—you never want to hear anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. You never want to hear that providers are hesitant to call your paramedics because they're worried that or they're or they know or or feel in the back of their minds that, well, this provider's not gonna transport this patient. So I might as I'm well just I might as well just get to the to the hospital where they can have definitive care.
0: Yeah, um, I will say that the, that the experience I did have working at that system, it, it really was. It was one of those things where yeah, the I knew the EMTs, they all knew me and i even knew the cops because you know they'd go i'd hear them going on a domestic call and i would just weasel my way into the area and they'd all see me and just in case because you know that's usually when the bad mm-hmm. shit happens and uh so i mean, like everyone just kind of like as far as me on my shifts we worked well together and they knew they could call me and I wasn't going to shit fuck them. Uh, pardon my language. <laughs> I didn't even realize there was a <laughs> word combination that you could use. Oh, I'm I paint a tapestry. tap. He's crafty. <laughs> um,
1: I think in the last 5 episodes I've a, I've added some sort of poop or shit <laughs> sound effect solely for Gerard, so you know, what's one more?
0: <laughs> you know, if you don't if you if you're working in this type of system and you know you understand that this is this is a partnership thing this isn't a you know I'm you know all things that are paragon, and you know I'm just here to get my paycheck and go to sleep well you know you're you're gonna have people that are going ter- to get turned off to you, and like i said they're they're not gonna call mm-hmm. and then you know bad things happen from that right. I mean, like you know from my my favorite call there um you know i didn't even i wasn't even dispatched to that mm-hmm. you know that came out as a bravo response. When I heard who was going to the call, um, I knew it was one ambulance and one fire department. I'm like, one ambulance, two cars, one ambulance. There's gonna be at least two patients, so I might as well. I just called and I said, "Hey, go ahead and attach me to the call. I'm on my way." Mm-hmm. You know, because I just wanted to be there to, to help out. And when you have that kind of relationship with your mm-hmm. your BLS crews and stuff like that, it 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 works out really good. And and I do that you know?
1: um in in my fly car. I do the same thing. I'll sit there and, you know, I listen to Scan all day. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, okay, this ambulance that is in my coverage zone is getting dispatched to a Alpha something. And I'm like, you know... They're probably gonna call oh, me for that. And it, yeah, and it's like, <laughs> I I'm, and
0: I'm like eh. yeah, you know, and, and <laughs> get my RMA <laughs> lots, lots
1: of people wouldn't go, you know, and and I just drive up there and I'll poke my head in and be like, hey, I'm here, and they're like, oh, why are you here? I'm like, just in case, huh. and it, you know, some of them have turned out like, hey, I need to be there, and other words, I'm just like, I was never here, see you and, and
0: I have literally done that where I've gone and I'm just shown up for an Alpha or a Bravo, mm-hmm. and. I don't step on their toes. Nope. I show up, hey, you want to know? You do you, man. Do your thing. I'm just here if you need me. Yep. You know? Yeah, Let I need you
4: here. to lift that goddamn stair chair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's, That's what I need. I've done it,
1: yes. You need the muscles today? Yeah. Hello. Pretty
0: much. Oh, I've done it. Yeah, I remember, yeah. So. A female crew in the middle of the night, and they were like, oh, we're, we're so happy to see you. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a 350 pounder on the floor. <laughs>
1: At that point, I would have been like, I'm just a ghost. You never saw me. Yep. Never saw me. Right. (laughs) So, talking, you know, uh, positives, is there, are there, are there negatives to the system? Like, other than, you know, on the BLS side, looking at, you know, possible negatives of, you know, possible bad providers not doing, you know, their due diligence. Um, are there negatives to a, a fly car system that people might not be aware of?
2: I think the, uh, you know, going back to the cost factor, I think is the one area where you might make the argument. If you were looking at a county system, whether it's whether it's run by the county, a nonprofit, a uh, private provider, doesn't matter. If you're looking strictly at cost and saying, yes, it is absolutely cheaper for two people versus three. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think I'm biased because I really like the system mm-hmm. uh, that I run. And, um, you know, and I think that other than cost, it's it's hard for me to come up with something that I could see as a negative. Um, you know, especially because in the county uh, we cover, since we are a county wide service we can we don't have to worry about jurisdictional boundaries right so we don't have to worry about well that call is an x town um mm-hmm. yeah. that's not my zone but it sounds really bad i should go there right um I, in fact i i encourage my paramedics to back each other up so if that call that may not be in your zone sounds really bad yeah go back up the mm-hmm. paramedic that is covering that zone um you can always turn them around Right. Um, You know, and I think actually, I know you asked for negatives, but I'm going to have to go back to positive.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Um, And turn around. (laughs) But it actually, so
2: when you talk about the providers, right, um, if you're in a system where you, you know, uh, I'm calling it a hybrid for lack of a better term, but where you have a paramedic and an EMT on the ambulance, um, maybe you both can speak to this, but... If the paramedic is the one taking in all the serious calls, and the EMT is the one taking in the less serious calls, mm-hmm. um, I think you lose out on an opportunity for um, making better EMTs. Bingo. I would burst out. I was yeah. totally going to bring that up
1: and, and that's there there was there was a call that I did on the fly car diff breather, significant diff breather where I was working from the time I got on scene to the time I dropped this dude off. And, you know, I had the, you know, the EMT with me, uh, from their agency. And again, I was like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. You like, nope, put that tablet away. You're not doing demos Mm -hmm. today. We're working. (laughs) And it was, it was a experience for that EMT because they never get to do anything like that. And they actually came up like two weeks later and was like, I, I just want to thank you for allowing me to do everything that you allow. Like, yeah. I was like, "Here, set up a neb." Yeah, and they were like, "We never set up nebs. Like that. That's a paramedic thing. They don't ever let us do that." And I'm like, a "BLS skill." I'm like, "Sorry, yeah. I had and better that's, things to and do." That's
0: where the mindset of "Oh, I'm just an EMT." Exactly. Comes from. Right. You know. You I, know.
1: So I could totally yeah, see absolutely. that would be. I 100 percent agree. With that. You know.
0: Yeah. I, uh, her and I were on a call at that time where. Yeah, get in the back of uh, the place we would go and do mutual aid to. And uh, get in the back, she's driving, or, she, or you went to follow us or something, and the one I was with from that agency, from that volunteer agency, I was like, all right, we're going to you know, do a four-lead. And she's like, a what? <laughs> a what? A- a- clipboard in hand. Yep. And uh, I said, you don't want to do a four-lead? No. Okay, well, <laughs> we're going got to learn today. So, put the clipboard down. Yep. Here you go, here you go, here you go. Real simple. Mm-hmm. I think that's and she was like, "Wow, that's really cool." But that's a that col- that's yeah.
4: a culture. Like, even on our BLS ambulance that I ride on, like, I'm on a serious dip Either I turn around, my partner has a clipboard. Like, what are you doing? I yeah. need your hands.
1: Yeah, I actually snapped at an EMT the other day. Me too. I, I've seen I, ten I've, lives I've, with this clipboard. Well, and that was it. I was like, "Put the clipboard down." No life has ever been saved with a clipboard. Like, we don't got time for that.
3: Yeah. I think that's where I've benefited seriously. Is a third at the one agency because like I'm used to if it's a BLS call I'm in the back and I'm being an EMT but if it's an ALS call I'm also in the back being an EMT and I think that's why like my transition over to a BLS ambulance and a fly car was a lot easier for me because one of the first calls I did that was a little bit more serious the medic looked at me and I was like do you want a 12 lead and they're like you know how to do that and I was like yeah, like, this is what I do. I'm a third. I give. i I'm your extra set of hands. And, like, mm-hmm. they're not used to that a lot of times. And I think yeah. that's
0: another positive um, to add on to uh, Steve's is as a paramedic being in the back, you know, in a fly car system. Guess what? Nine times out of ten I get an EMT in the back with me. Right. You have help. Right. Right. You know. I'm not there, you know the one man band you know, <laughs> trying to you know pound the drum play the guitar and blow the kazoo at the same time you right. know what I mean? it's, it's 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 nice when you can okay here you beg i'm going to do this yep. you know and then we're going to we'll figure the next part out you know yeah and
2: and having the having that set of hands back there um so I'll do another positive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have so, well, Tony, Tony
0: Robbins would be really proud of us. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the power of positive thinking. Today. So one of the other
2: one of the other factors would be right if you have a serious call, yeah. um, you've got somebody back there who can help you versus. Having to take a second ambulance out of service Bingo. because if you only have two providers, you need a second set of hands. Maybe you don't need another paramedic. Maybe you just need somebody to okay. to bag, right? To you know, to help set up, to you know, whatever.
3: Squeeze the IV fluids. Right. And <laughs> I mean, there's a myriad of things that somebody as could. as that. Yeah. Right. But having
2: that set of hands in the back of the ambulance, but and and like I said, that, those teaching opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. Because so maybe you and Kelsey are working together. You've got, what, five, ten minutes on scene to, to you know, stabilize your patient. So she's getting that five or ten minute interaction on these serious calls. And then she's in the front driving for half right. an hour, 45 minutes. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. she, if you are in a tiered system with a BLS ambulance and an ALS fly car, now she's in the back with you for 45 minutes treating this really sick patient mm-hmm. um, and getting, you know, benefiting from your knowledge, but also you are making her a better provider because she's seeing more she's seeing more stuff right, right? she's not mm-hmm. just driving yeah right
3: i think that helps out too especially if you're thinking like Long term I just saw that one really serious call now tomorrow my paramedics 25 minutes out but it's the same thing and now I'm a little bit better prepared for okay I'm not having that oh shit factor because I was driving and I was checking in the rearview mirror that you haven't tipped over yet right
0: like, and you know there's and like Emily says thinking that she didn't go to paramedic school
1: <laughs> <laughs> I still
4: think that every day
1: yeah I mean, she went to nursing school and makes more money than both of us. So, you know, mm. and even more
4: than either of you. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who is the fool? But
1: yeah. Who's the fool? So, you know, it, one of the things that I look at, too, is the and, and this kind of can go positive or negative depending on the, the paramedic provider. But, you know, Gerard, in your system where you were the only fly car, 45 minutes treating one patient, yeah. right, before you can get. Anybody yeah. to come in and be like, hey, you got family, the patient and yourself, you know. And um, and I think having those types of long wait times for a transporting unit can better the paramedic, but it can also really it, it can help the administration figure out, well, maybe this one's not gonna cut the mustard like if you're sitting there and you know you have a diff breather or you have a you know a cardiac arrest that you're gonna work for 15 20 minutes before your transporting ambulance gets there just because maybe you you know your response time is a mile Mm -hmm. and theirs is 20 you know, <clears throat> you might be there for a while. It's, you know, I've had calls where oh, well. I'm but
0: there. I've had to use family members. Yeah, I'm the there person, for a so while. Get a, get a line in real quick. And then yeah. I would go back to doing, you know, single provider CPR. Right.
1: Every, you know. literally, every single time I pick up a fly car shift. The first thing that goes through my head is my step checklist on how to run a cardiac arrest by myself. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna walk in. I'm gonna make sure they're they're actually dead. Okay, then I'm gonna put the Lucas <laughs> on. Once,
4: <laughs> once I'm proud of you for that second the Lu- step. Yeah. Once the Lucas <laughs>
1: is on, I have free hands. I'm like, okay, mostly then uh, then I'm good. Mostly, mostly dead, bad, yeah. Bad. Um, you know, not but, dead, dead. But I literally have to sit there and and run through because inevitably. I'm going to get the day where I'm doing a cardiac arrest by myself until somebody else gets there. You know, maybe that's five, 10, 15 minutes later, who knows? But I think looking at it that way, you know, the fly car system can strengthen the BLS providers, but it can also strengthen your ALS providers as well because they have to sink or swim. There's
2: nobody there that's going to save them. Yes. And I will tell you, uh, Personally, um, that, uh, so as I alluded to earlier, I worked in a number of different systems. So initially moving to upstate New York and uh, getting into a fly car system, I had only ever worked on an ambulance. Um, And I happened to work in a system that was double paramedic um, and it was a tiered response with BLS ambulances and ALS ambulances. I won't tell you the system, but let's just say they do about 1.8 million calls a year. Giggity. Ah! So, (laughs) but um, I had a paramedic to lean on, another paramedic to lean on, and we were, you know, maybe there'd be some traffic, but at best we were probably 10 minutes from the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really was a culture shock going from something like that to... Forty-five minutes or an hour alone, or you know, with a BLS provider Mm -hmm. who maybe I didn't know, um, to uh, you know, a tertiary care center. You know, it was it was certainly a wake-up call. Uh, I had to be a better paramedic, right? Yeah. Because I didn't have somebody else to lean on. I didn't have a hospital ten minutes away, or five hospitals to choose from ten minutes away. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a hospital that did this thing, right. and that's where I needed to go. <laughs> um, and it was going to take me an hour to get there, yep. no matter what. Right. Yep. So it's you know, I think it. I think you're absolutely right. I think it forces the ALS providers to be better, also. Mm-hmm. Do you girls have anything to so add from I, a BLS perspective?
4: Like, yeah, about the just, fly car <laughs> system? Was
1: about to answer. No, okay. no I was about to ask off. a question,
4: but it was not that.
1: Okay, well, ask your question.
4: So do you think, I mean, you see staffing issues worse now than we ever have, I feel like. Absolutely. Do you think that the staffing issues are going to affect a fly car system more so than if they were on an ambulance.
2: No, um, so right. So th- I think the fly car, as we kind of alluded to earlier, the fly car system helps with the shortage, the staffing shortage, because you need fewer paramedics to do the job, right? You don't have to staff ten ambulances with paramedics. You can staff a
4: driver, 10- an EMT, and a paramedic. Well, like say that you have an established system, right? So like your your system has you said five yep. trucks on all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're in the staffing shortage. So now we don't have enough staff for that. Do you do you see that happen ever, or is that just no? Made I, up in my I mind no. We too?
2: absolutely this the staffing. We are not immune to the staffing crisis in EMS. Right. Um, but what I'll say is, I think we are better equipped to handle it because we don't need as many resources. Okay. So if we had to staff 10 ambulances versus five fly cars, right. I think it would be significantly more difficult to find those paramedics to staff those units ten, right. than it is to do it with half the number. That makes sense. Um, and I, I keep bringing, I keep going back to 10 ambulances because Several years ago, there was a proposal for a countywide ambulance system uh in our county, and the proposal was going to be ten ALS ambulances mm-hmm. um, and when I think about the the staffing those ten paramedics it it's know, cringing it's yeah. yeah it's it's tough I yeah. mean you know I, I think we see universally Staffing shortages in EMS um, Mm -hmm. on the BLS across the country right now. Yeah, across the country, but we also see um, that staffing shortage in hospitals. Yep. Um, So that that speaks back to the turnaround time, right? So now if I'm if I've got a paramedic out of service for four hours, uh, that didn't need to be right. Right. Um, That paramedic can still be in service while that ambulance is waiting at the hospital. Right. Um, You know.
0: Yeah, I literally had one like that um, the last shift I worked. Brought the patient in to where you work, and uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, uh, not for well, long. We didn't discharge that patient in that room, but that's your room, so go stand over there. You know, fifty minutes later, we're still standing there. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, already had I a nice by the hour shit. or whatever. But this was an ALS ambulance, not in service, mm-hmm. and we were just sitting there.
3: Then yeah. you get the messages well, from your supervisor. Thing. Where are you? Why are you not back in service yet? That's a and
0: huge a, thing that was was I bring BLS up, though. To begin with, so right, worse. and that's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and
1: you know, you're looking at again wasting that paramedic because yes, EMTs save lives all the time, but there's certain things that EMTs just can't do. You know, but paramedics can do the whole gambit. So you Even know, if it's
0: a BLS call and you have that medic still in service, bingo. You can go and care is not delayed. You have got somebody on scene that can initiate care. Yeah, and then okay, hey, great. You know, your that toenail looks really bad. Here, and heck, now with you tele, know, <laughs> you know, telehealth. And now with telehealth, have a wet bandage and uh, we'll <laughs> wait for the ambulance to get there.
4: Bite you know? <laughs> <Like> me. <laughs>
1: But but that you know that alludes to the whole, you know, community paramedicine, community paramedic fly car system. You know, uh Australia was one that started it uh very early in in their cause their system is province wide. So, you know, they have five four or five provinces in the country And each province runs their own EMS agency.
0: So, right. So, you, right.
1: So, if if you work in EMS, no matter what level, you will work for the province government because they run the EMS. The only volunteers in that entire country are in the bush (laughs) because that's where they need to be. Um,
0: You, didn't, no, had a, didn't, you had a perfect I, nope, opportunity. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I'm behaving myself. <laughs> but we have a guest. I behave. Okay, I know that. I
1: know. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they they sectioned off a. Um, a they sectioned <laughs> off. Uh, did I? Sorry. <laughs> a uh, a portion of their paramedics to solely be in fly cars as community paramedics. Yeah. So they go out and, you know, they do telehealth. They, you know, do like well-now visits, you know, home checks, this, that, the other thing. And that's all they do. They don't do any of the 911 response or anything like that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, and I feel like that's Surprise something that... Out here you should. Um, I feel like that's somewhere that paramedics and fly cars can get
2: to yeah well so that takes that that piece of it right so you're not taking an ambulance out of service to do those things um if you're a paramedic in a fly car so i think i think the fly cars one of the reasons that i really like the fly car system is because i think it gives an opportunity for a more dynamic service right You're able to, uh, so we already said you can do more with less, but you can just do more generally because Mm -hmm. now if if your administration looking at finances, right, taking an ambulance out of service to do a telehealth visit or do some kind of community paramedic um, function, that's a paramedic that now cannot transport, or pardon me, that's that's an ambulance that can now not transport a patient. Right, Um, which is lost revenue. Right. And I hate to look at it that way, Um, but being able to do things in a fly car, uh, like I said, makes it for a more dynamic system because you don't have to take an ambulance out of service. So you can do a telemedicine visit. You can do a wellness check. You can do, um, you know, we have paramedics in our system that are on a technical rescue team. So now if that paramedic is tied up on a technical rescue for two, three, four hours you're not taking an ambulance out of service right. Um, right. and you still have a provider with the team that can not only care for the patient, but care for, you know, if God forbid one of the rescuers gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, we had, uh, during the pandemic, we had uh, medics who would were trained to do vaccinations and would go do in-home vaccinations. Um, so like I said, there's an opportunity to do a lot more by having that additional resource in the system. Um, that I think you lose out on or is not as efficient if you have that provider on an ambulance. Mm -hmm. Anything for you, girls dad or Gerard,
0: Uh, anything that
1: you guys are thinking of?
0: I mean, I would just say, you know, where I stand on the whole like car system and the use of them. And you know, like I am like the last person that even wants to be in one right now. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, because of my bad experience and I still see the benefit mm-hmm. and it it really does especially the way things are right now um, it, it and just from what you've told me about uh, the system you work in it sounds like that's the right way to do it and it's successful and it works and I wish more places that are you know I don't want to say complaining but you know Constantly sending out emails, oh, staffing issues and, you know, we need a full crew here and a full crew there and a full crew here. Well, you know, I think outside the box. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you're not adapting to this, to the, you know, to the situation. Right. You know, you're, you're still trying to do things the same way, even though the times have changed. Right.
1: And I think that's you know, where this whole conversation stems from is this county decided, hey, we we have this significant problem that we're not solving with mm-hmm. conventional means. Let's think outside the box, you know, and change the entire system.
4: But use your resources how you need to. Right. Don't waste resources anymore. Right.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, again, if you're talking financials, you know, you could look at it and say potentially that, yes, paying for three people versus paying for two people is more expensive. But can you put a price on that? The
0: capability,
2: the capability yeah. but more so the, the 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 perishability of the skills and the mm-hmm. the overall strain on the system of trying to staff more than you can reasonably accommodate. Right, exactly. Um, right.
1: Because, you know, I look at it in if if an ambulance company that's running a standard ambulance, you know, EMT paramedic, and they're running five ambulances, but they can't staff three of them. Well, now they they can't staff their five ambulances yeah. that they've said to their district, we will have five ambulances on. So now they're calling in mutual aid. They're doing this. They're doing that because they're short staffed. Whereas, you know, in the county that you work in and run this agency, there's you know, five or six different BLS agencies, and then there's, you know, the five ALS fly cars, you always have the ability to, oh, okay, someone, you know, called out sick or whatever, we still have four fly cars, which is sufficient to cover the county.
4: But the thing is, too, when you have those ambulances and you're like, oh, we can only staff three of them, well, those three are out, now I'm getting mutual aid, I'm still waiting to get care right when you have this system there's so many other options that you're not delaying patient care right
0: and not to mention let's talk let's talk money you've got two rigs sitting idle or three rigs sitting sitting idle. how much money are they making in my former life we had a little saying if those engines ain't turning we ain't making money
5: Mm -hmm.
0: so you're you're losing money that way and i have to i have to assume that running fly cars is probably a little cheaper than ambulances
2: yeah, well, obviously, <laughs> you're only paying for one provider, so, right. I, you well,
0: know. Even the, the, like, maintenance and right, the, 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 the overall, physical. Yeah, the
2: overall yeah. cost of the vehicle yeah. is, you know, you figure probably a third of what an ambulance costs. <laughs> um, and, again, you know, so we can look at money two different ways. We can look at, yes, the retirement, the benefits, the et cetera, is going to cost more it's not going to even out on what you'd be saving for a monitor, a Lucas, drugs, a right. video laryngoscope, you know, you you name it. All your toys. Um, but, you know, when I go into my office and I look at the giant box of medications that are expired because they <laughs> haven't been used um, that have to go back to a reverse distributor or, or pharmacy or whatever. The, you know, imagine that was double because you had
4: Double the ALS. You know, mm-hmm.
2: right. Um, yeah. and it's wasteful, you know, mm-hmm. it's wasteful. Um, you know, having six cardiac monitors versus having to have 12. Right. Um, you know, being able to, so doing more with less, right? So when we purchased our, our CPR devices, our automatic CPR devices, one of the reasons that I thought it would be prudent for us to have them versus the BLS agencies is, well, number one, we're going to go on every cardiac arrest anyway. Mm-hmm. And number two, instead of you having to buy for seven or eight transporting agencies, if you needed to stay, put one on all the ambulances, because maybe the ambulance that the Lucas is on is out of service. Exactly.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Now you're talking about having to buy maybe 15 devices versus having to buy five. Right. Right. So I think there is those economies of scale with equipment yeah, yeah. um and uh, you know and like I said you know a fly car is a third the cost of an ambulance yeah. Yeah. you still yeah. need that yeah. ambulance yeah. Right.
0: but um I mean, you I, know. I mean even imagine the the upkeep and the, the you know, the, just the, the maintenance, maintenance cost. The, you
1: know, thinking you know, you know most of them are an
0: ambulance changing brakes on a you know Explorer, right?
1: right. And know. that's it. You know, no matter what, you're looking at an SUV type. You know, some yeah. of them even run you know smaller. Um, if it's Dubai, it's a Lamborghini. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, why not? <laughs> What's the Lamborghini?
0: I wouldn't fit in a Lamborghini.
1: <laughs> I'd like to see you try. <laughs>
0: you see that guy in a little coat. <laughs>
1: Um, anything else?
3: So I do have a question about what do you think feedback mechanism wise you have to have if you're going to have a fly car system. So like you have a paramedic and an EMT on an ambulance, you know, that call goes in BLS, should have gone ALS. It's pretty easy to, you know, figure out the long term consequence. But you turn over a patient, you don't see what happens after my charts are in. You get what I'm saying? So like I you a paramedic turned a patient over to me, I drop him off at the hospital, say there's a bad outcome. If you're not directly connected to that agency, you're not going to see and that paramedic's never going to find out. Maybe they ask, maybe they find out, maybe they don't. So what type of feedback mechanisms do you have to have between like a countywide fly car system and all the little towns that supply your transporting agency?
2: So that's a really good question. Um
0: I think it's in, in actually zone, damn, like a, a really, really good question. question. Right. Wow. I've been thinking about how to phrase
3: that for the past like 10 minutes.
0: And I'm over here like, you know, pooping in my hand and throwing it. Seriously. <Jesus>. like <laughs> you know, That's a great
2: question. <laughs> so it depends on a couple of factors, right? So one, how big of an agency are we talking about? You know, if we're going to use my agency – um I think we are small enough that we have relationships with the administrators of the BLS agencies um and the providers from those agencies to say hey um you know we had this you know we had an issue or we had an incident or you know one of my providers was concerned that this you know this paramedic turned over this this call um so I think having good relationships with the administrators of the bls agencies is important um we also have the benefit in our county of a lot of our bls agencies share the same medical director as the als agency so you're going to get that feedback that way
4: i noticed that he has the whole county literally <laughs> the entire county.
2: Yeah, there's there's three or four towns uh but you know that's that's important and and he's a local ER physician so he sees a lot of the patients that come in. Um you know not everybody has that. So I think have, making sure you have those relationships. Um and again holding those people accountable, right? So making sure that you have a quality uh, a quality quality improvement uh <laughs> yeah. system right um and and that those charts are being read um and if there there is question reviewing the b l s chart uh along with the a l s chart um and that 's where those relationships come into play right um we could probably talk for another hour about the benefits of it being one system versus multiple systems well that 's
4: actually what he had too wasn't it the email was a system as a whole. They're just putting fly cars in. Yeah, right? they're Correct. just separating yeah. it. So, like, so County X is supplying
3: 10 yeah, ambulances so, and five fly cars.
2: Right. So, yeah. So, it looks like based on the the, the bit of research that I did before the podcast was the, they, it's going to be a private provider providing the ambulances and the county is gotcha. providing the paramedics. Okay. Yeah. But you're and still, so but that's still, uh, I think they said they had nine transporting agencies before. So you're still consolidating, consolidating. to one. And again, right. that, that eliminates those jurisdictional boundaries right. of you know, the economies of scale. I mean we could go on, but outside the scope of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Steve's soapbox. <laughs> we all have um, our, our but, particular but one. But having those paramedics under, you know, instead of having it be five agencies or six agencies, having one paramedic agency that is accountable to one medical director, one administrator, one way of
0: training. Yeah. yeah. So, right. So, that's, that's hugely great, valuable, yeah. right? Yeah.
2: So, now you don't show up, and maybe paramedic from town Y shows up mm-hmm. with paramedic from town X, but they you're have different the medical same. directors. Right. They are trained they're trained uh, differently. Right. They have a different skill set. They don't use the same equipment. Yeah. Um, you and know,
1: you're like, uh, <laughs> So do you put any – so there's a system uh, in a county south of here uh, that runs transporting ambulances, but then they also staff a certain amount of fly cars that have two paramedics in them, and they have two sets of ALS gear. Why? So that, so that their their thought process is, the is their – just watch. They system, send a medic
4: and leave the, the other one in service. Right. Bingo. So
1: they'll respond to a call, say call for a diff breather in, you know, zone A. And one of the paramedics will take it and they'll go off to the hospital. And then they the other paramedic calls in service. And they're just so busy that that, that you know, paramedic provider that stayed behind is literally on another call in the next six minutes. So then they go out on a call. How
4: do you, like, get back together?
1: they the hospitals are only so close like they they don't that
4: it's more city it's more
1: city so they are close to each other no matter where they go so they don't have like oh hey we're going to this hospital and that's you know north and an hour and this one's going south 45 minutes and now they're an hour and 45 minutes apart it's they're 10 minutes apart at four different hospitals, you know. So do you think that there's certain places them. where
2: that is beneficial? You
3: know you'd leave your own to leave them.
1: <laughs> Sorry,
4: you're
2: walking. <laughs> yeah, I think conceptually it's great. And if it's doable in the system, obviously as an administrator, it saves money because you're only buying one vehicle right. versus two, two stations versus one or um I don't know how practical that is in a rural setting. And
1: that's kind of what I'm thinking, like yeah. if we were to try it out in like your county, that would never work. The we hospitals, never make are, it ju- anywhere the hospitals are
2: just too far apart. Well, and and you also I, my thought would be, well if paramedic does a call in town X and then the second paramedic gets a call in town Y, which might be across right, you know, the county um, now that ambulance is still out of service Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they have to go find all that fly way. car wherever yeah. it is across the county. Um, so I like it conceptually, and I think it works well in a more densely populated area that has more facilities. Um, New Jersey, all their paramedic, fly, well, all their ALS is fly car uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, and they they run that type of system mm-hmm. two paramedics in a suburban or somewhere yeah. um so just, just a different works. thought process
1: you know again it wouldn't work where we are but, right. but it would work for somebody
0: in else out there who you know it's, has a more urban environment right, or something right and yeah.
1: is thinking of how to fix issues yeah. that may be a, a you know an option as well so uh, anything for the table to add otherwise we will say thank you to Steve. Is there anything that you want to add that we didn't touch base on about fly cars? Uh, then they're awesome. They
2: are awesome. I will, <laughs> I will 100% endorse that.
3: Is there a system in which it wouldn't work?
2: Um, it's probably not as efficient a system in an urban setting because when you think about an urban environment, you have to think about the... Logistics of getting to the call, getting to the hospital. So one of the things we do is we park the vehicle either at the scene or someplace in transit to the hospital. Um, You don't have that option in an urban environment, right? There's not, there's, you have very limited places to can't. park. You can't double car. park a fly car outside right.
1: of, you know, a store on fifth Avenue. So,
2: so it probably is not as effective a system in an urban setting, not to mention, um, a lot of the things we talked about here with, um, paramedics and ESPs and having that educational piece. If you're in, if you're five minutes or 10 minutes from a hospital, it doesn't matter. It really yeah. doesn't matter because your turnaround times are such that you can get back in service quickly. Um, I think the biggest bang for the buck when it comes to a fly car system is in a suburban, rural, Mm -hmm. super rural setting. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, again, you're talking about limited resources, you're talking about uh, long response times, long transport times, um, and if you can do more with less... There's the benefit. Right. Right. Um, And I think, you know, so... The one last thing I'll say is I think it's incumbent on the agency that is providing the paramedics to help educate the BLS providers. So I've done a number of ALS for BLS classes in our county where we teach BLS providers how to, like Gerard said, Mm -hmm. set up a uh, a four lead, um, set up a 12 lead. the vent settings, mm-hmm. um, the the Lucas, uh, you know, selecting yeah. uh, selecting yeah. catheter sizes, knowing right. okay, well the I I know that an orange is always a fourteen gauge, right? Right. 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 Um, <laughs> you know, uh, setting up a, a CPAP. Right. Um, you know, mm-hmm. those are invaluable. Uh, mm-hmm. Spiking a bag. Right. Uh, you know, yep. and I f- think when the BLS providers feel more engaged, they they. Automatically become better providers, they're, they're right? Game. And right. right, and they're more invested,
0: right? Absolutely. They're more invested exactly. in the call yeah, they're not because connected. Okay, I'm going to go drive now. Behind. Right, and, and they're not uh, like you said a cool earlier, board. holding a clipboard. Exactly. Cool
2: I'm not just board. sitting in a captain's right. chair. Right, they're invested in the patient. They're invested in the care. Right, um, and they're more interested in in follow up. Mm-hmm. They're more interested in asking questions and learning more. Right, and I think just overall, it creates it creates a better bls provider it creates a better als provider and i think i think those are the intangibles mm-hmm. that that you can't uh, that that you can't talk about money um, you can't
4: put a price tag on that exactly and
1: one of the things that my father-in-law told me when i first started working flycar he's like don't always monopolize your patient so and i it, it took me a while to figure out like what the hell he said but a lot of uh, a lot of the BLS providers get disconnected and, and dive into the demos on their clipboard because, well, the paramedics here, it's the paramedics patient. Well, if I'm only doing a line giving Zofran and then I'm going to stare at the monitor for the next 45 minutes, I could do that from the captain's chair. Right. I do my line. I give them Zofran. I flip the monitor around and I go, hey, EMT, this is yours. And I, I'll i move. And unless I need to do something more, mm. I I here i'm here it's still als but you're going to do the bulk of everything else and i think that again is invaluable because again they're getting more patient contacts whether i'm there or
0: not even if it's just up in their bedside manner
1: right
2: exactly are you
4: telling me that i can't just rate all care provided by medic no rude
2: rude (laughs) yeah it's it's true and it's something that i struggled with uh in addition to the culture shock of going from being five minutes from the hospital (laughs) to 45 um I was used to working by myself, so I had to get in the habit of engaging those providers, yeah, um, and not making it the one man show, right? Um, and that was tough coming from the system that I was in, mm-hmm. trying to trying to make that that jump. Um, but again, like I said, it creates a better environment all around um, because you have providers that are invested in care of that patient. That's what it's all about, right? Right. Yeah. Ultimately, that's
1: why we're all doing what we do. So, all right. If there's nothing else, I will say toodles to everybody until September, or no, no, October. What, what month are we in? October. 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 Well, it's October 15th. Birthday month. Yay! And it's Halloween. And it's Halloween.
2: That's more important.
3: <laughs> ouch <laughs> okay
2: i mean i would argue that pumpkin spice is the most important
3: oh my god, god he's like over. the other steve <laughs> yeah. oh.
2: Oh. don't even get me started
3: <laughs> i do have pumpkin donuts
1: in my car all right well gerard with that <laughs> donuts
3: <laughs> thank you for listening to today's episode if you'd like more information on the podcast or to send us a call to review visit medicmaterials.com forward slash podcast to learn more information, like us on Facebook at medicmaterials.edu or watch our weekly instructional videos on the Medic Materials YouTube channel.